like to be that go-to person in your niche and develop a brand that sells like wildfire and blah, blah, blah. You know, that part is easy. Once you master that initial piece of, I am a multifaceted person and damn it, like I am going places with it. I don't need to uh, eliminate any parts of me. I don't need to be worried that I'm too much or that I'm not enough, that I am who I am. And in fact, that is the special sauce that makes me different. That's the thing that makes me unique. Welcome back to the Strong Babe Collective podcast, where we are here to chat all the tools, tricks, and tangible steps that will help you call in the freedom, impact, and abundance you are here for. My name is Taylor Ray. I'm a coach, course creator, and your host, and I'm here to help you blend strategy with spirituality so that you can step into your power fully. Every week, you'll hear from me and our incredible guests on the show, so let's dive right into today's episode. Hello, my love, and welcome back to a brand new episode. I am so excited to be sitting down today with the beautiful Kate Scudder. And if you don't know Kate, oh my gosh, get ready, my love, because she is such a beautiful soul. I connected with her so incredibly through this podcast episode. I'd been following her for a while on Instagram, but honestly, the conversation that we have on this episode that you are a part of is truly, truly magical. And there are so many incredible shifts inside that I'm so, so grateful to be able to share with you. If you don't know Kate, she is a business coach and success catalyst for driven, bold-hearted women who want it all. The global impact, the bursting income, and the legacy that comes from building a movement bigger than themselves. She is the CEO of a multiple six-figure online business, the host of the Born to Rise podcast, has been featured in Forbes, in Fast Company, and many others, and she serves thousands of women every day, helping them to build the profitable business and radiant life of their dreams. You babes know that I am all about bringing guests onto the show that truly help you to up-level in your life, in your business, to step into the freedom, the impact, and the abundance that you are here for. And I'm all about bringing guests on who have done that in their lives. And truly, Kate is just such a beautiful example of this, of coming from that place of true authenticity, of stepping into her power unapologetically, of showing up for those that need her, and building the abundant life and business as a result of it. So I'm so grateful to have Kate on the show and to be able to to share her beautiful light with you and I know you're going to get so much out of it. We dive into lots inside of this episode including why we create problems that aren't actually problems and how we can tackle that. We talk about what niching really is and how to do it. I know that that's something that a lot of you DM me about, a lot of you struggle with is getting that clarity around who it is that you're here to serve. So all of that's getting answered in this episode. We talk about running a location independent team and how to handle all of the moving parts. We speak about how to move through imposter syndrome and what it really means. Again, something that I know impacts a lot of us and we're really diving deep into it on this episode. And we also talk about Kate's process for getting featured on Forbes and other major platforms, which I know you babes are going to love. I loved talking to her about this and she opens up so, so transparently around that process and really gives you some tangible steps to actually start taking so that you can start to do it in your life, in your business and to step up into that next level of impact as well. So again, it's just an incredible episode. I'm so excited to share it all with you. Make sure as you are listening that you do screenshot your favorite parts of the episode and tag me at Taylor Ray Peters and tag Kate as well at Kate Scudder and make sure that you let us know that you are enjoying the episode. 
Also, my love, a quick reminder that applications are open for private coaching with me inside of 2020. Kicking off in January, kicking the year off strong. Spots are already filling, but I do have a couple left going into the new year, which will fill me up all the way until mid next year. So if you have been feeling called to find your next mentor, find your next coach, have someone who's literally going to hold space for you and help you, guide you through the steps to really stepping into what it is that you are here for to creating and growing and scaling your beautiful business as you really have the impact that you are here for and call in the income that you are fucking worthy of, then my love, I am ready to hold space for you. And if you feel called to this, I would love for you to apply to work with me. You can head to the link strongbabe.co forward slash work with me to submit an application. And from there we can chat. So like I said, if you feel called to it, I would love to hear from you. Head to the link. It is in the show notes for you below. But without further ado, my love, let's get right into the episode. I am so excited to welcome the beautiful Kate Scudder onto the show. Beautiful Kate, welcome my darling to the podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. Thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure, honestly. And, you know, diving into your background and I've been connected with you for a while on Insta and everything like that. Like, I just love you. I love your light. And I'm really excited to introduce you to our listeners. Um, I'm sure many of them already know you, but for those who don't, give us a little backstory into who you are and what it is that you do. First of all, thank you so much for that warm welcome. It's literally such a pleasure to be here and I'm so stoked and I love having these conversations, especially since, you know, we're women on such a similar mission to empower others. So um, it's just a true honor and I love connecting. So thank you so much for having me. Um, And hi, everybody. My name is Kate Scudder. I am a business coach and success catalyst for driven women entrepreneurs. So my jam is helping women dial in. I always say this, like dial into your unique zone of genius and using that genius, that innate wisdom, those innate gifts to build a purposeful and profitable, um, a purposeful and profitable business. And what I think is so interesting about this is like, I think a lot of women come to entrepreneurship or approach business with this perspective of, I have to go out there and figure out what to do out there in order to be successful. There must be hacks out there that made her, 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 her have this success story. And so much of my work and my mission, and I think, you know, what makes my, my take on all this a little bit different is, yo, girlfriend, like you got it all in here. It's all in here. Yes, you can bring strategy. Yes, you can bring energy. Yes, you can bring sales skills to the table in order to propel your business forward. But the real magic starts when you recognize what you are carrying inside of you that's different. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I love it. And like you and I are so aligned, like such a similar path and just so on the same page in terms of really like that internal side of things. And I love your approach to, you know, empowering women and obviously the business side of things. And it's, it's a lot like me where I'm like the spirituality and the strategy, like not necessarily looking at like everything outside of you, but you know, what's going on internally. And I love that you're about that. And obviously you ignite that in other women, which is incredible. And like you said at the beginning, being able to have these conversations is everything because just being alongside a woman like yourself and so many of us are out there doing it now, like empowering others to realize like you've got this power within you, you can rise. Like if you're feeling called to it, it's time, like all those sort of things. So I just love that movement and I celebrate you for being a part of that. So that's incredible. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your backstory? Like, let's go way, way back. Cause I know that you had, you know, a bit of an interesting introduction into the world of coaching and not necessarily what you're doing now, but how you first off got started. 
Oh my gosh. I love that question so much. I think it's such a valuable question because it's so easy to look at, you know, like, oh, this podcast guest or this like fancy person, look at where they are now. And let me tell you guys, it doesn't start out being fancy at all. So um, I'll take you all the way back to, gosh, where, where am I going to take you? Let me take you to 2014 um, when I was not remotely related to the world of online coaching whatsoever. Um, I had, I got my master's at 23. I got a master's in teaching. So I've always been, you know, into education, into the field of development, personal development, uh, you know, more in the space of academia at that time. But I also had my 200 hour yoga certification and I was miserable. Like I was so, I felt so under fulfilled. I felt like I was waking up every single day, going to a job. I didn't hate it, but I felt stagnant and I felt stuck. I felt like my gifts and my purpose and my unique genius of inspiring and igniting and you know catalyzing a, a pathway forward for people was not being utilized to the capacity that I knew was possible. And so I quit my teaching job. Um, I was teaching at a a private, you know, funky, really cool, quirky school. You know, the kind of job that I I worked my butt off through grad school to be able to get the kind of school that I would want, you know, that I thought I wanted, that I would want my kids to go to, you know, kids were, could not wear shoes if they wanted to. It was like a very, you know, self-directed learning kind of a place. Anyway, the kind of dream job that I thought I wanted, and it was just not filling me up. So I quit that job. And um, in, so that was in August of 2014. And in February of 2015, I went to Bali mm. on what I thought was just going to be a one month, you know, trip to Bali, um, a little eat, pray, love style, but really I went for a 500 hour, uh, women's leadership yoga teacher training program and, uh, a, which was, which had a very strong women's leadership focus. So it wasn't, you know, meditating in, in a cave kind of yoga. It was really like a female embodiment, female empowerment slant on this program. And it was so transformative. I feel like I went thinking that I was going to be able to do, you know, crow, like going into side crow and like all of this crazy stuff. Still can't do crow. Never really could. <laughs> I'm a terrible yogi. Um, but but what I did do, the work I did do was like excavating all of my inner bullshit. Am I allowed to swear on your show? Go for it. Have okay, all great. the time. No filters here. <laughs> okay, excavating all of my inner bullshit. You know that roomy quote, like your task isn't to search for love, but all the barriers within you that get in the way or something. Sorry to yeah. roomy for butchering your quote, right. but anyway, <laughs> I'm not even hundred um, percent sure. <laughs> Yeah. So that's the gist of it. Anyway, I feel like that was the work that I did mm. on this training. And sure enough, Taylor, like I was walking down the beach three days after this training, two days before I had a flight out to Thailand and I locked eyes with a guy who was sitting on the beach. And that man is now my husband, who's also from Australia. Um, and he, you know, that just radically changed the trajectory of my life. I went for that deep, like inner, inner alignment work. And I did that work and the universe was like, right. So you're out of your own way enough right now for us to give you this massive gift. And that, you know, I went for the yoga. I stayed for the love in Bali, um, moved there with, with Toby, um, who's already living there at the time, but we made that move together in December of 2015. And I, I really took like the next year to let myself kind of dabble and figure it out and let these ideas sort of percolate. And I still wasn't fully convinced, like I'm going to be able to build a coaching business, help, helping other women, you know, start 
remarkable online businesses and generate like insane amounts of revenue serving other people with their gifts. That wasn't in my thinking at the time. And I want to say that because guys, like we're talking about, like, I didn't launch my business until May of 2017. And we're talking about like, in what we're having this conversation in October of 2019, like this was not that long ago, you know, it, what is remarkable to me. So you might be like wondering, okay, so timeline, this is like, you know, December, January of 2016 of the, after spending a year, just kind of thinking about this going back and forth, I spent probably a year and a half just in this slow phase of taking courses, taking programs, slowly starting to educate myself. I had never been around that like digital nomadic culture before. And when I moved to Bali, I was exposed to that for the first time. You know, Hubud is a big place. Outpost is a co-working space that I started to work out from. And I was one of their first members when they started there. Now they're, I think the biggest co-working space in in, uh, Southeast Asia. And anyway, I just, I slowly started to get curious and I allowed myself to stay open to what if, and I think that question of what if is such a powerful question that it can literally change the entire trajectory of your life if you allow it to. And so by staying with that question and then finally getting myself some accountability, I joined like an in-person mastermind incubator thing in March of 2017 that literally was like, it like kicked me forcefully out of the door of my own bullshit and my own holding back of, okay, I have this idea. I want to launch this business. When I started my, my coaching business, um, I called myself a radiant living coach, you know, I, and my, my, one of my first programs is still one of my signature programs. I'm obsessed with it. It's called radiant living school. Um, and my mission and my my purpose was to help women reconnect to the radiance inside them and just basically explode in the best possible way and let their life be run by that radiance. And so the curriculum is like defining, you know, your, your, your dreams and desires, aligning your beliefs and behaviors to match that refining, you know, your daily habits and expanding into that highest self and that dare act acronym and that, that core underlying thread of my work is still so much present in the work that I do now with women as yeah. business owners. But I started by helping women solve one part of the bigger puzzle, like the energy part, the how do I become my most lit up self? Um, and it evolves from there. And I can you know speak to that transition of moving to business coaching from there. But that's really how it all got started. It was, uh, it was a little bit of magic. It was a whole hell of a lot of like taking bold risks that made zero sense sense and it was staying open to the process yes oh my gosh and I think like that like that little three combination that you just summed that up with is just so perfect you know realizing like it's not just one or the other like it's about like trusting in the magic trusting in the process and taking massive action consistently and that's where you know that's where your life is going to manifest for you that's where things are going to explode and I don't know I just love like listening to all of that you know how your whole beautiful process and how it wasn't necessarily what you had planned out but it's what was obviously it was all working for you and it's something I live by I talk about it all the time on this podcast like it's all happening for you not to you like it's all happening for a reason even you know back in 2014 when you were in a job that you hated and in the nine to five and feeling burnt out and all those sort of things and that led you to Bali and then you know you went there for a training that you know ultimately you got out of it something so different than what you actually thought you were going for didn't get the crow pose but (laughs) got many other things got a husband so I'll take it (laughs) Look, you win some, you lose some. Exactly. (laughs) 
But that is so amazing. And honestly, I love what you said there as well about, you know, like the universe delivers because you opened up because you made the shifts that you needed to make. And I think that that's such a powerful statement that so many of us can take away from is to realize that like sometimes you need to go through a transition or a transformation in order to become the version of you that you need to be to receive the thing that you ultimately desire and to receive Absolutely. the things that are right for you. And I think I that is yeah, so sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and I love as well, like, I love what you mentioned about like the power of what if and really being open to that. Um, I think that that's a really big takeaway as well, girls. So make sure that we're really like taking note of that, like opening yourself up to like, you know, what if it all works out? What if it's all working in my favor? Like all of those things are so powerful. But one thing I really want to expand on a little bit more is, um, you know, your ability to be open to evolving and growing and pivoting. And I do talk about this a lot. It's in divine timing because I literally did a post about this yesterday about, you know, being open to that evolvement and the up levels and the pivots that happen throughout your business. Because I know that a lot of the time what can happen is people are very fearful to take that first step because they're worried that they're going to pigeonhole themselves in a particular way. And they're like, you know, if I do this, what about the fact that I'm multi-passionate and I've got different things that I'm interested in? And does that mean I can never expand? And I have a very similar journey to you. So I know that it's possible. I've definitely, I've gone on almost exactly the same path, which is amazing. I feel like we're like little soul sisters, Uh, (laughs) but I know that there's a lot of girls out there who get very fearful to niche down. And I know that this is something that you are an expert in. Um, and out of fear that they won't be able to grow and evolve. And obviously you've done that. And I'd love for you to speak on that a little bit um, to sort of get clarity around how they can get started, but also being open to the evolvement that happens over time. Yeah, absolutely. This is such a great question. And I love, you know, the way that you phrase that and the the different pieces that you pick up on. So I kind of want to answer in two parts because the, the, um, you know, one is like the, the niching part and how do I allow myself basically to evolve as a brand that's going to take on multiple directions. And especially like, let's face it, most of the women I'm sure who are listening to this right now, you're multi-passionate. You've got different aspects of yourself and of your personality. Um, you're not just so cookie cutter, you know, life coach or XYZ, you know, entrepreneur, there's multiple facets to you. So how do you build out? So that's a practical question that I want to speak to, but this, this underlying narrative of, of, you know, what if, or how do I even like get started? It's actually something that I um, speak a lot about in my TEDx that I just recently did is these two questions that we ask ourselves that a lot of the time stop us from getting started or stop us from, actually continuing once we have started. And those questions are, what if this doesn't work, right? That incessant voice of, can I really do this? Can I start? Am I smarter? And all the imposter syndrome stuff, that's the fear of failure. But the fear of success, the bit that comes next, that question is, what if this does work? What if I do start to build momentum? Like, what if I smash it out of the park as a radiant living school, radiant living coach, and then but I don't know how to scale or I don't know how to grow or I don't know how to weave in this other part of like the writerly part of myself that wants to come into play here or the part of me that wants to do speaking. Like I can't see how all this is going to work. And I think what happens there is we create problems that aren't actually problems. We imagine situations in future scenarios, but guys, like, I just want you to think about the absurdity of that for the, a moment. Like, first of all, none of us in the human race would be here if mothers thought that way, like, Oh, well, what if they like fall down and skin their knee or like accidentally upend a boiling pot of water on their head. Like there are going to be accidents. There's going to be things that you don't know, but that's not a reason to not 
move forward. That's not a reason to not move into the unknown. I think one of the most powerful things that we can do as business owners and as women leaders in every area of our life is give ourselves permission and trust ourselves enough that, you know what, I am moving into a big old world of unknowns, but I have within me the skill set and the tools that I need to be able to figure it out as I go. And so I can speak to like the practical things to do and to keep in mind to create like to be that go-to person in your niche and develop a brand that sells like wildfire and blah 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 you know that part is easy once you master that initial piece of i am a multifaceted person and damn it like i am going places with it i don't need to uh, eliminate any parts of me i don't need to be worried that i'm too much or that i'm not enough that i am who i am and in fact that is the special sauce that makes me different that's the thing that makes me unique and i have everything that i need to grow and evolve along the way so i really wanted to to kind of dissect that into two pieces because I think that that underlying mindset and that under, underlying energetic approach is critical to any kind of niching strategy actually working. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So on the same page with you there. Definitely. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Amazing. All right. So let's talk about actually niching. So the way that I, and you mentioned before, um, you know, this is something that I teach about a lot. It's something that I am so passionate about. Um, I run a program called nail your niche. It's one of my signature programs. Um, I just absolutely love it. And so here's the way that I think about niching. I think a lot of the times we think about, you know, needing to hyper, you know, niche down quote unquote, I'm like doing the air quotes things. And then I'm realizing no one can see me doing that. Um, but, but that's like, you know, we think about, I have to be a, a super specialist, you know, person that only, you know, works with Aries rising born in the year of like, you know, 1982 or something. And it's like, no, that's not what niching is about. Niching is about the, these five things, ladies, like get out your pens. Here we go. Mm. Number one is the problem. What is the problem that you are passionate about solving for people? You know, I think that a lot of the times we focus and we come to the niching exercise thinking about filling out an ideal customer avatar worksheet. Like, oh, my ideal customer is Jenny and she lives in New York City and she's a graphic designer who really likes, you know, iron and wine and Bon Iver and she hates her life. Like, no, that's not what niching is about. Niching is about what's Jenny's problem? Like, what's the thing that you actually, what's the thing that keeps her up at night? What's the mm -hmm. problem that she's experiencing in her life? And what's the pain that she's going through as a result of experiencing that problem? Yeah. Then I want you to think about what's the promise. So if your brand stands for something that solves a particular problem, what's the promise? So if we're talking about an A to B transformation, what's the promise that they get to on the other side? Mm -hmm. The third component of niching is developing your point of difference. So what is it that makes you different and unique? What is it that makes you stand out? Maybe let's say we share a, a, you know, a common problem that we help women solve. We, we have a very common promise that we help women move towards you and me are going to do that in a way that is completely different. Even if we're soul sisters, even if we're cut from the same cloth, even if we're so similar, because your stories are completely different to mine, the way that you express your energetic signature, the way that you communicate. And 
every single person out there does that differently. So there is infinite space at the table from you because there, you are literally one of a kind. No one else offers what you do just by the virtue of the fact that you are a unique human. You have a unique, unique selling proposition. Like there's no one else like you. So spend some time getting clear on what that point of difference is, what your strengths are, what your quirks are, the way that you express that that's different because that's the glue that your audience is going to stick to and never let go of. Um, the fourth piece that I want you to think about when it comes to niching is the pathway. So when somebody wants to work with you, like what do they know what next step to take? Do they know how to go deeper with you? And then that leads to the fifth thing, which is about all about developing profit. And when you master these four other things that yields to a brand and to a really developing a standout positioning in your niche that makes you that go-to person, which obviously leads to profit. Freaking epic. I love it. Thank you so much for breaking that down so tangibly as well. And girls, I really hope <laughs> that you had to bend out. And if you didn't, you're going to want to bookmark this and come back to this point in the episode because that was so powerful and such a beautiful way to break it down. And it is something that is ultimately so freaking missed a lot of the time. Like you said, like, yeah, the customer avatar and exactly what you said that gets pushed in people's faces so much. And it's so much more than that. And I love the way that you broke it down so, so much. And something that really stood out in there is like, you know, I love the part, the part where it's like, you know, even if someone is cut from the same cloth as you, even if someone is your source, so they've gone through the exact same thing, they are going to teach it differently to you. They are in yes. some way going to be different to you. And I, I talk about this a lot as well. And I love that you brought it up because it's like person A might resonate with you so much, but they're not going to resonate with me. And person B, maybe not so much you, but they're going to resonate with me. And that's you even saying that it's, it's such a... It's such a testament to an abundance mindset, realizing like there's more than enough for everybody. There's like you said, there's more than enough room for everybody at the table. And just realizing that like you need to show up for person A or person B, whichever one actually relates to you because they're waiting yes. for you. They are literally waiting for you and they're not getting it from the other people that they're seeing. And you're the only person that can show up and serve them with your stories, with the unique things about you. You're who is going to resonate with them. And I just think it's so important that, you know, those listening who have this calling and this feeling like, you know, I want to do this, but there's so many other people out there already doing it. Like no one is you and that is your power. And I just love that yes. you spoke to that so much. Oh. oh my gosh. I like have chills and feel like I'm going to start crying just by you saying that because it is so true. And ladies, like, I want you to know that that voice of there are already so many other women doing this. And what do I have that's unique to bring to the table are literally the voices that had me spinning in doubt and not putting out any content, not moving my business forward for over a year. Those were the voices that stopped me. And when I stopped listening to them mm. is when every single thing that you see now, the Forbes article, the TEDx, the, the community of like all the pro, any of this stuff is a result of choosing to say, Hey, little voices. I hear that what's really going on for you is that you're afraid that you're not enough. You're afraid that you're going to fail. You're afraid that all these other people are going to do it better than you. I hear that you're there. And what I want you to know is this, you don't have anything to be afraid of. We're going to make a lot of mistakes, but you know what? We're going to do this because this is what is in your soul. This is what is in your heart. This is why you were put on earth is to do this work. So we're going to go ahead and do this. You with me? And when you can get on board with yourself like that, that is when literally all of the momentum, all of the magic gets to happen. 
Yes. Oh, I love you. Oh my gosh, your energy. I wish you guys could see her because like she lights up and her arms are going all over the place. <laughs> just your energy, like it's just amazing and just gives me goosebumps. Like literally I had goosebumps as you were saying that and you're literally speaking my language. So I'm just mm. so thrilled that we're having this conversation. Um, and I love as well that you speak to the fact that like, like no matter what, like fear is always going to be there. Fear is part of being human. Like the fact that you're human, you have ego, like you're going to have limiting beliefs. Things are going to come up. You're going to move through those limiting beliefs and guess what? You're going to get to another level and there's a whole nother the realm of limiting beliefs oh yeah for you. <laughs> so don't ever think that it goes away like I have it Kate has it you have it like that's so normal and like it's just so important to realize like that doesn't go away but it's just about defining like do I want to be do I want to be defined by fear or do I want to choose to accept that it's part of the journey and move through it anyway and it's up to Absolutely. you which way you want to go with that so oh so good so freaking good um on that on that little tangent and obviously you know um you know like you said there was like a year or so there was a lot of doubt what was some of like the biggest struggles or hurdles that you've gone through and it doesn't necessarily have to be in making the decision um, to get into doing this maybe it's like once you've made that decision and now that you have started the business and you know what are some of the standout things that at the time were really freaking difficult to go through but maybe have turned out to be your biggest lessons Mm, such a great question I love that you asked this so I think for me like one of the the thing that's popping to mind, I'm like, there's so many different struggles and things that I can speak to because yeah, let's be real. Like it's, it's not, this isn't for the faint of heart. You know, if you want a, a life that has no doubt and no fear and is very like low risk averse, don't be an entrepreneur, be like a librarian. You know what I mean? Like this isn't for you if you're, if you don't want to encounter struggles that you've got to work through. Um, not that there's anything wrong with being a librarian, by the way. Um, but okay. So the one that's popping to mind, first of all, is um, it wasn't a, a like the fear of getting started, the imposter syndrome, that was definitely the most real in the beginning. Now the thing that's the most real, like, well, I can speak to now, but the one I was going to speak to was like, really like the first six months to a year that I started getting going in my business, I started experiencing success. You know, when I actually started my business, I, I scaled to six figures inside of the first year. And one of the things though, that was a huge, um, learning curve and challenge for me was, can I manage a team? And to be really honest with you, like this is the thing that is my biggest growth edge right now. I actually have an amazing business manager in place now, but this was something that, um, for many, many months I felt like I was really not good at. And it, it, it not only was like a struggle operationally to not have, you know, some of our processes as streamlined as I wanted, you know, as the business has grown and scaled, it's been ever more important to have that in place. But it also got in my head and got me questioning, like, am I really cut out for leadership at this level? Like, am I really cut out to be scaling to like these massive, you know, levels of impact and income, but like really like growing the brand exponentially? Am I ready for that? Those were some of the doubts and the fears and the questions. And one of the ways that you know, I've worked with that is to really, you know, I, I'm such a, uh, an advocate for playing to your zone of genius and playing to your strengths. And I think that, you know, part of being able to do that well is having team members in place that help you build out the areas that you're not necessarily good at. Like for me, and by the way, I'll say this in the beginning, I was doing it all by myself. Like last, uh, uh, what was that? 14 or 15 months ago. Uh, my husband and I were in Croatia. We were like with family and on off nights that we weren't having family dinners or whatever, we'd be like building out click funnels pages from our Airbnb. <laughs> so, you know, there is some hustle and you do figure it out and do it yourself in the beginning. But like, as we've grown, you know, one of the things for me has just been, do I know how to delegate appropriately? Am I, am I, am I, 
good at leading my team. I know I'm great at leading my community, but can I do this? And one of the ways that I've, I think I've developed in, in that is that I've recognized that it's a priority and I've given it time. And that might not seem like a very revolutionary thing to say, but one thing that I think has truly revolutionized my approach to it is like the way that I think about, um, you know, that struggle is, can I give this thing time? Am I willing to take a dose of my own medicine? I say all the time, you know, you need to be willing to be bad at it and then get decent and then slightly better and then okay. And then good. And I am such a perfectionist and you know, that's one of my greatest assets and it's my greatest Achilles heel. Like I love things to be freaking awesome. And when they're not, I can get very impatient. And so this has been a huge lesson for me is like, Kate, are you in this thing to just like get it right originally? Because, you know, and like just off the bat, because I did experience a lot of success in the beginning um, and very quickly. And that momentum has only consistently evolved. But on the back end, like there's been some little things that have had to get worked out procedurally, operationally, getting the operational processes and procedures in place uh, has been more challenging. And, you know, I, like I said, I feel like we're finally, but like, guys, I'm like two and a half years into business now, um, finally at a place where we've got the right people and the right places and the right project management tools and the right, you know, systems like human systems and digital systems and all that. But like, it took me literally banging my head against the wall. I mean, not literally banging my head against the wall because I would hurt, but like faith, figuratively banging my head against the wall and being like, will this ever work and sticking through it. And what I think is interesting about that parallel is that, you know, in the beginning, it was my own mindset blocks, having me banging my head against the wall, not starting. And just as you spoke so beautifully to before Taylor, like there are still things that come up in business, but it's like my decision to keep going and work through the discomfort. You know, it's the same. There is such a, there's such a beautiful, result when we commit to something. And I was going to say, it's the same as I think about, and I'm just so blessed and fortunate to be in like a committed, loving marriage where I get to see, you know, reflections reflected back to me of how the way that we live this out in relationship is the same in business. Like when we're committed to something, even when it's hard, even when there's massive growth edges, the return is always so much greater. And that, um, that consistency and sticking to it and my commitment to solving the problem and figuring it out, even if it took way longer than I wanted to, was a huge lesson for my like impatient ego to kind of get out of the way and just accept that this was going to take a little more time because it, because it was not a natural thing for me and to allow that time for it to happen. And now it's been able to do that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that you spoke to that. I think that that's such a powerful statement, you know, leaning into the edges and the hard moments and just knowing like on the other side of that, what's going to come out is going to be amazing. And that's where obviously so much like transformation and so much magic happens is on the other side of the things that feel really hard in the moment. And I think that that's really, really important to sort of lean into and to take away from is to realize like you might be going through something that feels really, really hard right now, but like, I promise you on the other side, like it's going to be amazing and you're going to be so grateful that you went through it and you're going to be grateful for the things that felt difficult because they are what lead to, you know, the biggest transformations and the biggest up levels on the other side. So yeah, I just love that you said that so much. And absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, it's and been- one thing I just want to add to that really one thing I just really want to add to that real quick that you just, what you just said somehow made me think of this is, and it's connected to what I just shared, but is you can't fail if you keep going, Mm. you can't 
fail if you just keep going. And I think that, you know, when, when we really break it down, uh, what's really going on in those moments of, ah, oh, this is frustrating. Oh, the, it's like, I want it to work now. But that I think of that as like our inner little like bratty eight-year-old of like, I want a new Loomba now, daddy. You know, like I want it to work now, yeah. but okay, it's not working right away. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to just stop? Or are you going to accept, okay, I don't necessarily love that this is taking longer, but I'm committed to this process and I'm going to keep going. And guys, it really is that simple. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but it's that simple. If you do not stop, you will not fail. If you keep going, you won't fail. You can't. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm, they li- oh, I love it so much. Literally, like there's literally no such thing as failure unless you stop. And that that is the ultimate failure. But if you just keep moving through it, and I just love that you said that, like, you know, and it is a huge thing. And, you know, I've definitely had moments of it myself where I feel like it's not happening fast enough. And those certainly you've got to remind yourself and come back in and like, okay, cool. Like trust the process, like trust in divine timing. It's all working out exactly as it's meant to. Like, yes, it might feel icky. Yes, you've got growing pains right now. But one thing that I will add as well is, you know, if you're going through growing pains like this, I celebrate those growing pains because honestly, the growing pains that you have right now are probably something that at one point you would have been desperate for. And I think Mm. it's a really good thing that you can sort of like flip the way that you're looking at things. And like, it goes from being like, I have to do this, or, you know, this is a difficult thing to like, I get to do this, or I'm grateful that this feels hard because, you know, I would have killed to have gotten to this point, you know, a year ago, like to have these problems is actually an honor. Like it's a blessing because it means that you're growing. It means that you're expanding. It means that you're up leveling and reaching more people and all these sort of things. And that's part of the process. And when you can start to like honor that and adapt to it, I think that that's a really, really powerful thing. So yeah, I love that. And um, as well, I think, you know, really powerful in terms of, you know, when you're in it, it can feel like, you know, you have to solve it like right now. And why isn't it happening right now? Um, and, you know, I'm definitely going through things like this in my business at the moment as it's growing, you know, like, oh, I just want to like have this sorted and have this solved. But I think like leaning into like, okay, it's a process. And yeah, maybe it feels a little bit difficult right now. Um, but realizing like, it's not going to feel like that forever is something that we can all really take away from. So that's amazing. Um, so do you work with your hubby or is it like, was that just in the beginning when you were getting started or is he part of you know, your team and building things out. He is not, he would call himself the chief awesomeness officer. I think that's what his title is in our Slack channel, but, um, no, so he is, he's like my secret weapon. He is my chief strategist. Um, he helps me with really high level stuff. He's not involved in day-to-day operations. Um, you know, so in the beginning, that technical side of things, you know, we were kind of figuring out click funnels together. He's extremely technically savvy, uh, has built, you know, software as a service businesses before. So he was sort of like my initial, you know, go-to person. Now we have other team members who have that role, um, you know, on the funnels and the, the tech side of things. Um, but we do still, I mean, we spent some time today just mapping out some strategic initiatives and he's very, very good at that high level vision stuff. But it's interesting, you know, we, we actually recorded a podcast episode. I, I have a podcast as well, the Born to Rise podcast, and we did an episode, um, oh gosh, I don't know, I think back in June called like becoming your own sort of power couple or something. And um, this was something that I shared on that episode is that I really had this vision when we started the business that we were going to be that like sexy, super inspiring, like young couple who were both like loved being on social media. And I'm, you know, I'm like a textbook 
extrovert. I love being, you know, I need, I need my alone time and I like a good book and cup of tea and you know, whatever, but I also get so much energy from having conversations. I could talk all day and I actually do talk all day, pretty much every day. And I love it. I feel energized by it, but um, Toby is not that way at all. And, um, and is a much more private person by nature. And so it was a real, like, uh, it was an interesting realization for me of like, Oh, like what sounds awesome to me sounds like your definition of a nightmare. Oh, um, (laughs) so right. So that's not what's going to happen. We're not going to like both be in front of the camera doing this like power couple thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but what's been so beautiful both, you know, for our relationship and for my business. And I think for both of our businesses, um, is that he is free because there's no like obligation. There's no like contractual, whatever he's free and feels empowered and lit up by the work that he's doing in his business that completely lights him up. He, uh, designs furniture and, uh, imports gorgeous teak furniture, um, to the United States from Indonesia where we were living for a while. Um, is so fulfilled by that. And, you know, his driving values are more like aesthetic beauty, making design space is just absolutely stunning. Whereas I like walk into a room and I'm like, Oh, it feels good, but I have no sense of design at all. Um, anyway, like he's filled up by what he's doing. So when he's able to give to me, it's from a state of overflow as opposed to from a state of resentment. And, uh, you know, I have to operationally fulfill these duties. So it's really frustrating. And so we've just been able to find a really beautiful balance that again is not what I thought it would be in the beginning, but it's actually been, you know, infinitely more fulfilling and, and I think successful as a result. Yes. Thank you for opening up and for sharing that. That's amazing. And um, again, it's so weird, all the similar, the similarities that you and I have. And like, as you're speaking about you and Toby, I'm like, oh yes, that really relates to me and my partner, James, like so many things like that. And I think, um, yeah, I think that it's amazing as well. As we've grown and as we've evolved, you learn so many lessons as you're going through and it it does turn out so differently than what you maybe had in your head. And I'm like you, I'm so extroverted, want to like be chatting to everybody all day and like on Insta stories. And that's just me. Like, I just love it. Whereas James is a lot more like Toby and so it's just yeah it's it's amazing to sort of listen to that and see the similarities and as well for like you know those listening like if you work with your partner or not like it might not even be about working with your partner but just recognizing like the differences in you and I think really realizing that like you know yes you may have like an idea in your head of the way you think things are going to go whether it's in life business relationships kids career like all those sort of things but it's not necessarily going to play out that way and learning to like accept that and honor it and go, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm just open to the way that this is going to evolve is what obviously ultimately leads to more success and abundance Mm. in all areas of your life. So I think so true. Yeah. Um, I'd love to chat. I want to chat about, you know, your TEDx and Forbes and all your features, but before we do quickly, I just wanted to touch on, you know, you built out an amazing team. Um, I'm not sure how many people on your team. I think that there might be about seven. I sort of read mm-hmm. that. Somewhere, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted to sort of chat, like obviously the transition from like solopreneur into managing a team of seven, like a multiple six figure company location independent. Like I sort of wanted to like, ask a little bit about, you know, how did that happen? Like, how did you make that transition? What was the first role that you hired? And does it get easier as you go along in terms of building out that team and getting used to the process of managing multiple people? Oh my gosh. Okay. Such good questions. Uh, Super happy to talk to that. My instant (laughs) response is like, yes, no, yes. Like your first hire is super easy. It's like, wow, someone else to help me with all the things I hate doing. And then it's like, you have multiple people and you're like, ah, 
I have to tell you the things in my brain. Never mind, I'll just do it. And then that is a massive cluster and it's horrible. And then, yes, like when you finally like mess that up enough times, like I did, um, you finally start to get better at it. So let me take you back to the beginning. So my first hire was um, actually a graphic designer. She was amazing. She was with me for nearly the first full two years of my business. Um, we have another graphic designer now who is phenomenal. Um, but that was my first person. And because kind of like I was talking about before, um, I have a wildly creative brain. I can literally envision things. I draw things into, I literally got an iPad pro so that I could doodle out my visions for sales pages or cars. But if I sent them to you, Taylor, I should send you one to put in the show notes. They're literally stick figures. <laughs> You'd be like, Oh, which kindergartner like drew that? Because it's so nice. Like I have no visual, uh, or technical technical artistic ability, but I can see it all. So it was really important to me to hire somebody that could take the vision, the detailed vision in my head and turn it into a breathing, living, pretty thing. Mm. Um, so that was the first hire that I made was a graphic designer to brand like workbooks and visuals. And then obviously hiring someone to build out my website. Um, I think the second hire I made was a tech hire. Um, I'm trying to think who came next. Yeah, it was a tech hire to help me fix a bunch of things on the back end of a site that I had built by an agency without knowing anything. So one thing that I would say is talk to people. Like I didn't, I wasn't in any Facebook groups. I didn't know the like online Facebook groupie boss babe world existed. Um, back then I just was like, I literally Google searched web design agencies in Bali and drove down. And then once a tech person that was, you know, from the co-working space I was in was like, they basically built this as if it was like 1985, like mm -hmm. it is hard coded. It's impossible to like, you have to redo the whole thing. And I was just yeah. devastated. I had no idea what I'd done. Um, and so anyway, talk to people, like speak to people. Um, so yeah, first thing I would say is like, figure out the stuff that you don't like doing that you, not only that you don't like, but they would literally take you months to do a tiny little task. Like it, I tried doing Canva by myself and it, it looked like the equivalent of my drawings. And I, I was like, <laughs> no, this isn't going to happen. This is not going to work. Um, so, you know, that was one really helpful tip to be able to know what the right hire was. But the second thing was, um, really speak to people. And this has been to be just really honest with you guys and share this. Like I have had to learn the, the mentality and the practice of slow to hire, quick to fire. I think it's easy when you feel overwhelmed in business to hire quickly. And when you do that, you run the risk of not hiring the right person. And so for me, um, I have really, it's taken me a while to really cultivate, firstly, identify what the roles are on my team that need, need to be there. And then, you know, secondly, to be able to fill those roles by the right people, it's a process as opposed to just, I need help with this and doing it from a frenetic energy. And, you know, one of the things that has been the most challenging for me in the journey of growing a team uh, but has ultimately been the most rewarding is slowing down to speed up. I am a fast mofo. Like I like to go fast. Like my lane is the left lane. Well, for you guys, it'd be the right lane. But anyway, I like the fast lane. I like to do things fast. I like to do things well and fast. But when it comes to uh, you know building out standard operating procedures and building a company to scale, 
you need to slow down. I needed to slow down. And that has made a world of difference. So it's something as simple, like my original project management software was WhatsApp, WhatsApping back and forth with my designer, you know, like literally, like not organized at all. You know, now we use ClickUp and Slack and we have a standing Monday morning meeting. And, um, you know, we have processes and procedures that work, but it took a long time and it took a lot of failing and messing up to realize like, nope, that doesn't work. Nope. That's really frustrating. Nope. That's really disorganized to, to then build out the the pieces that we needed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, yeah, totally, totally understand that. And like, it is that what you said, like slow down to speed up. And I think that that can be, you know, really hard for, you know, people who are achievers and perfectionists and, you know, just so used to being like, go, 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 go. And one of the biggest things that speaks to me when you said that was like, you know, oh, here's all the things that I need. Okay. But now I've got to teach you how to do it. And it's all in my head and it's just easier. Like I'll just do it. But then ultimately like you end up filling your day with so many things that are outside of, you know, what it is that you're supposed to be doing outside of your zone of genius and the things that you're really, really good at. And even if, like you said, like, even if you are good at it, but it's not necessarily the thing that you're here to do. um, And maybe it takes you a lot longer than it would take somebody else. I think that that's a really important thing to take note of as well. Like, you know, just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should be. um, Mm -hmm. And really sort of looking at like, okay, where is my time best spent in my business? And then letting go of the other things. Absolutely. And that I'm so glad you said that because like, let's go back to the ClickFunnels example. I know because I was building that beast on the back end myself, clunkily, horribly, but I was doing it. I know how it works. I know how active campaign work. I know how our systems work. And I do think there is merit to kind of rolling up your sleeves and getting in the gunk of the back end of your own business. But now I have a rule, like it's almost like an energetic minimum. If there's a small fix that I know needs to happen on one of our opt-in pages or in a part of our, you know, um, a web page or something, just because I know how to fix it, I am energetically, and this might sound a little bit diva ish. Like I only take like white a room of white lilies. Thanks. But like, I don't, I have an energetic minimum of, I don't, I don't go in to fix it. I don't do it. I delegate that out because I know that that 15 minutes, if I go on live stream and I serve my people and I do something that's front facing, like that's the strategic use of my time. That's going to move the needle forward in the business. If I'm making a sale or if I'm creating content or if I'm optimizing a program, like I am directly contributing to my role as the CEO, okay. Of the company, like this is where not just thinking about yourself as as a coach, but as truly a CEO is the game changer. And when you can do that and think about your time and where it's, where it can be used in the most leverageable way, you're not going to get in there and have that, Oh, I can do it mentality. Um, I would so much rather pay someone else to on my team whose expertise it is because it does two things. Number one, it frees me up to be in my zone of genius, but number two, it empowers them to take on leadership. They don't feel like they've got a helicopter mom hovering over them saying, I can do it better than you. And I want my team to be empowered and I, because I want them to go the distance with me, you know, I want, I want it to be long-term. Yes. I love that. Such a powerful statement right there. It's like, you don't need to micromanage every single little thing. You don't need to be the helicopter mom because ultimately you want people that, like you said, are empowered and see the vision of what it is that you're doing and want to be along for the journey, but have the autonomy to have an impact in that as well. So I think that's super powerful. Um, One last question. And I just want to chat about your TEDx and like you've been featured in many things. So like TEDx, Forbes, Fast Company, I want to sort of chat like 
Like, how does that come about? Is that something that like you sort of just get like plucked out of nowhere and suddenly like it happens? Or is that like a process that you go through in terms of being able to have those features and those opportunities? Such a great question. I'm so, so glad that you asked this. So it definitely didn't like fall out of the sky and fall out of nowhere. Like the first step of the process for me, literally with all of those things is writing it down or putting it on a vision board. It And that might sound so woo and simplistic, but honestly, guys, like Nothing can happen if you don't set the vision for it first. I knew that a major goal of mine in 2018 was to be featured in Forbes. I knew, I can literally show you on my phone that I have TEDx Oneonta on my vision board from the beginning of 2019. That was on my vision board in the very, very beginning of this year. It was, um, you know, having a TEDx, um, well, the TEDx Oneonta is on there now, but in the very beginning, it was just TEDx. And I just knew this is the year, this is the year, this is the year. Mm -hmm. And so what happened as a result of that, and this is like, I think a, a powerful takeaway for anybody who's listening is get crystal clear, like unapologetically clear about what it is that you want. So if you want to be featured in major press, if you want to be featured in different places, like set that as a goal, set that as a strategic objective as a priority, and then build out time in your calendar to actually work towards that thing. So in 2019, um, I pitched a bunch of different TEDx's and I got, uh, I got rejected in the beginning or I got told, Oh, like, that's not really the theme of what we're talking about or, Oh, like great, but not for this year. And I got discouraged in the beginning, but then I was like, you know what, I'm going to make this work. And I really doubled down on it. I woke up, you know, super early before, like when it was still dark to go film my application video for this one last TEDx and only on to New York. And that was the one that I ultimately got accepted in, but really ruthlessly deciding that you're not going to take no for an answer is, is literally everything. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I pitched a couple of, um, Forbes writers and didn't get a reply. And, um, and then I pitched one and had an angle that really resonated with the values of the the writer. And then, you know, we, we did a collaboration with that moved through. She, she accepted it and, and, you know, that took off with fast company. I used a resource. So like really tactical takeaway for your audience. Um, I used a resource called Hero. Um, and Hero is a like H-A-R-O stands, stands for help a reporter out. And that um, enabled uh, me to find this feature. So they send out like three times a, a day on the weekday um, requests and needs for, for talent or for input from experts. And there was a, an article request for somebody to speak about collaboration, uh, over competition. And I immediately pitched back and they loved it because I mean, hello, that's like everything that I stand for and they took it. And so I think what's amazing is like, if I believed like who would take my story or there's already others or blah, blah, blah. Or if I had just not taken the messy action, none of those would have come through. And so take the messy action is like the core takeaway for any press that you want to get. Love that. Thank you so much for giving such like tangible takeaways and obviously like sharing Harrow as well, because that's something I've never even heard of. And I'm sure many people listening have never heard of it. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, I think like the biggest thing from that is like get really intentional. And I love what you said about like actually carve out time in your calendar for it. Like don't think that like, you know, it's just someone's going to like walk past you on the street and go, Hey, you want to be featured in Forbes? Exactly. (laughs) You look good. Like, right. Exactly. (laughs) It takes you being intentional and showing up and taking massive 
massive action to actually make it happen. And I think a lot of the time, you know, you can get really caught up. And this brings us back to what we were talking about before, like letting go of the things that, you know, you can do them, but should you be? Because ultimately, like, you know, you spending time building out a ClickFunnels page or doing graphics on Canva is not as valuable as, you know, pitching your content to Forbes or, you know, trying to get exactly. featured in TEDx or, you know, doing something like, like you said, going live, like all those sort of things, like really thinking about like, what is the inspired action that's going to have the biggest impact on your business, on the way that you get to reach people and the way that you get to show up on bringing abundance in, like all those sort of things and getting really, you know, in, like I said, intentional about making sure that that's where you stay. So yeah, I love that huge takeaway. Thank you so much. Um, You're so welcome. Awesome. Um, if there is one piece of advice that you could leave our listeners with one little thing, maybe we sort of touched on it and you wanted to expand some more, maybe we didn't speak about it at all. What is the one last takeaway that you would love to leave them with? I love that you asked this, uh, uh, you know, with every other connection that we've had over this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And this is a question that I, in my podcast with, so I love that you asked me this and I'm like, I really should have a really quick answer for that. Um, cause I ask it all the time, <laughs> but honestly, guys keep going, start and just trust the process and keep going. No matter what happens, no matter if you have a bad month, no matter if everything crumbles and falls apart and you have team members who leave or you have a failed launch or you have any set of circumstances that make you doubt your ability to generate results over and again, keep going. Come back to the reason that you started this thing. If you're feeling spun out, if you're feeling like you're not connected to your mission, if you're just in a lot of fear and scarcity, come back to the heartbeat of your business. Come back to why you started this thing and get fired up about it again. Because when you are on fire for what you're doing, you can't fail. I love that. Thank you so much. And you're clearly on fire and serving your sole purpose in this world. So thank you so much for showing up for everyone that you do and for coming on the interview today. It's been amazing. I've loved getting to know you even more on this interview. And I know those listening will have taken away so many amazing things from this episode. So thank you. Um, for those listening who I'm sure many are going to want to connect with you outside of this, tell them where they can find you online. Absolutely. So thank you so much. It's just been such a great conversation. Uh, I've just loved it so much. So you can find me on Instagram at Kate Scudder. Uh, that's C-A-I-T-S-C-U-D-D-E-R. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. So I host a free Facebook community for women entrepreneurs. It's called The Radiant Entrepreneur. Um, and that's a Facebook group that I'm in. I'm active in all the time. Um, you can send me a friend request as well. Um, and hope I think I have enough space to add more people. Maybe I don't but definitely join the group and find me on Insta. Um, and yeah, you can always find me on my website as well, katescutter.com. Amazing, darling. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and yeah, very grateful to share this with the listeners. Thank you so much, love. It's been awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and for spending this time with me. If you loved the episode, make sure that you let me know by leaving a five-star review, screenshot the episode and share it in your stories or send me a DM. Make sure you come and connect with me over on Insta at Taylor Ray Peters and check out my website for programs, courses and tools that will help you take everything that we talk about on the podcast to a whole other level. I love you. I'm sending you all the high vibes and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.